Well, hello, my friends. The grace and peace of our Lord and Savior be with you. I want to welcome you to the Sermons from the Cornfield podcast, a weekly podcast where the sermons that I preach each and every Sunday are uploaded for you to listen to and review. My name is Pastor Mark O'Neill, and I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. God bless. Our sermon text this morning comes from Mark's Gospel. It is the first chapter. We'll take a look at verses 4 through 11. Again, this is the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. It says, John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth to Nazareth of Galilee, excuse me, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. My friends, this is the word of God for you and I, the children of God. Thanks be to God. I wonder how many of you know when your baptismal birthday is. That day that when, whether it was by sprinkling or by pouring or by even full body immersion, whether as an infant or a young person or as a fully grown person, that you were made clean, that you were born again, Welcome into Christ's church and began your first steps of discipleship. Truthfully, I'm not sure when mine is, the exact date, although I do know Mom and Dad both have photographic evidence of the day that I, along with my cousin Cassie, were baptized at our church in Winston-Salem. Do you know what yours is? If you don't know your baptismal birthday, then may I encourage you to go ahead and find out when it is and celebrate that day each and every year. And if you don't have one, then get in touch with me, and we'll see if we can't take care of it. Today, friends, we celebrate a baptismal birthday. It is one that all of us can celebrate together, because today is the first Sunday after the Epiphany, the day in the church year when we celebrate the baptism of our Lord. This is the day. We remember that event when our Lord Jesus Christ was baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin, John the Baptist. So today is, in effect, throughout the world, Jesus' baptismal birthday. The baptism of our Lord is an event that is so important that it is recorded in all three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and is also referred to in the Gospel of John. 
The accounts are very similar, except that here and there, one writer might include a detail that another writer might leave out, or one writer might use slightly different wording to describe the same event. And so it is today in our text from the Gospel of Mark. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all mention that when Jesus was baptized, the heavens were open. But only Mark uses the exact word choice that we find today. He says, and when he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart. The heavens torn apart. That's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? The word that's used here in the Greek is the word schizo, or maybe even schizo. It's the word from which we get our English words such as scissors and schism. Schizo means to split or to rend, to tear apart or to rip open. It has almost a violent connotation, doesn't it? So the heavens being, or were being split wide open. The heavens were being torn apart. The heavens were being ripped open when Jesus was baptized. What do you think of when you hear about the heavens being torn apart? What do you expect to happen next? When the heavens open up, what should come down? Well, usually, as we read through Scripture, when God splits open the skies like this, it would be his judgment that comes crashing down, much like lightning striking the earth. Just think back to the time of Noah, when God opened up the heavens and flooded the earth. The clouds burst open and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Massive, total destruction. A worldwide catastrophe. God's extreme judgment on a wicked and corrupt humanity. In that case, the heavens being torn apart spell doom and disaster. Or think of the time of Abraham and Lot. The heavens opened up at that time too. And what came down? Fire. Brimstone. God sent fire and brimstone down as a judgment upon the perverse and wicked cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. So the idea, this idea that the heavens being torn apart is not usually a very pleasant or desirable thing in biblical thinking. You might remember back on the first Sunday of Advent, we talked about when the prophet Isaiah cried out to the Lord, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. One commentator said Isaiah wanted the judgment of God to descend upon the wicked nations of the earth. Oh, that you would rend the heavens. Split them open, Lord. Tear them apart and wipe out all this evil on the earth. Come down in judgment on sinful mankind. That's what we think of when we think about the heavens being torn apart and what comes down afterward. And this background should shape our expectations when we read that at Jesus' baptism, the heavens were torn apart. We would expect that God's judgment then should come crashing down. After all, that is the next logical step, is it not? I mean, look at the people who are being baptized. It says that all the country of Judea and all of Jerusalem were going out to John confessing their sins. Sinners coming to John for baptism. And if they were all sinners, well then they were ripe for judgment, are they not? For the wages of sin is death. That's true for us also, isn't it? 
Look around wherever you may be. Look at me. We too are sinners. All of us. Right for judgment. You and I have broken God's commandments. We have not loved God with our whole heart or listened to his word as we ought to. We have not loved and helped our neighbors as we should. As a result, we have earned God's displeasure and wrath. His judgment should come crashing down on us. When the heavens are torn apart on the last day, will that be our final judgment? Shouldn't it? So here comes this man Jesus, coming to be baptized in the Jordan, just like all of those admitted sinners. And then after he's baptized, the heavens are torn apart. And what comes down from those heavens? Fire and brimstone? A wipe them out flood? No. No fire. No brimstone. Not a flood. But rather, a voice and a dove. A voice and a dove. The voice says, you are my son. My beloved, with you I am well pleased. I want you to understand the significance of that statement. This is who Jesus is, God's own Son. As amazing as it seems, and friends, it should to us be the most amazing thing in the world, this man is, this man Jesus is the very Son of God. True God and true man. God incarnate. God come down out of heaven in the flesh. That is who Jesus is. And this is God's judgment on him when God says, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. God loves this man, Jesus. And he loves what Jesus is doing, standing there at the Jordan, taking his place among sinners. The Father knows what his Son is going to do for all of them, starting here at the Jordan. And God loves that. Notice what he says, With you I am well pleased. God was well pleased to choose Jesus for this mission he's about to undertake. God is well pleased that Jesus voluntarily takes it up and enters into the mission. He's well pleased that Jesus gets down into the water with sinners like you and me. God is very well pleased in every respect with this man, Jesus. But where is the judgment? Where is the displeasure and the wrath? There is none. Just divine approval. Because Jesus has no sins of his own to confess. He is without sin. He is holy and righteous, always, constantly, consistently doing God's will. And yet, he takes his stand with sinners. He identifies with us. And here at the Jordan, he undertakes his saving mission to rescue us from the death and the judgment that we all deserve. So where and when will the judgment fall? Where is God's displeasure and wrath? We know it's coming, right? 
Well, not here. Not yet, but it will come. At the cross, the righteous judgment of God will come crashing down like a ton of bricks. And it will land on the head of this man, Jesus, just like lightning hitting a lightning rod. Y'all all know how a lightning rod works, right? The lightning rod takes the hit, and all those around are spared. That's Jesus, and that's us. For the Holy Son of God will take on himself the sin and guilt of all mankind. Jesus takes the hit, and all of us are spared. At the cross, Jesus bore our sins in his body. He suffered the judgment we deserve, and in so doing, he took that judgment away from us. On that good Friday, the heavens were not torn open, but rather were shut closed and became as brass, as scripture said. The heavens were sealed shut to Jesus' cry of, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This beloved Son, the one in whom God was well pleased, takes the ultimate rejection and alienation from God once and for all, and he does it for you. He does it for me. That we would no longer come under that judgment. And it all starts in full here at the Jordan, in Jesus' baptism. That's what's going on here. That's what Jesus is saying yes to when he steps into the water. And it pleases the Father to no end that his Son takes our place to give us life that has no end. So here comes the voice of the Father, pronouncing his approval on his beloved Son and his saving mission, but there was also something else. Here also comes a dove descending out of the sky. Think of the dove that brought word to Noah that it was safe for them to come out after the flood was done. That flood and judgment were now over. There the dove became a symbol of peace, that God was at peace with mankind. So it is here as well. In the person of the man Jesus, God was making peace with rebellious mankind, making peace with his sinful creation. Jesus would establish that peace by his death on the cross. So here at the Jordan, a dove descends. But this is no ordinary dove. This is the Holy Spirit taking the form of a dove. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit likewise is giving his approval to Jesus as he embarks on his mission. And the Spirit empowers this man Jesus for his mission. God here is anointing Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. God puts his power upon his chosen servant to empower him for his task. So here at Christ's baptism, yes, the heavens are torn apart. But instead of fire and brimstone or rain for 40 days and 40 nights, there's a voice and a dove. The voice of the Father and the Holy Spirit like a dove divine approval, and divine empowerment. Approval of Christ's person and empowerment for his work. And because Jesus carried out and completed his work, what happens at your baptism? Your baptism into Christ. At your baptism, all your sins are washed away in those Christ-filled waters. 
And God says the same thing about you that he said about Jesus. You, yes, you are my beloved child. I am well pleased with you for Jesus' sake. And the Spirit descends upon you, making you a new creation in Christ and empowering you for a life of service in God's kingdom. So today we celebrate the greatest baptismal birthday of them all, the baptism of our Lord. It is his baptism that gives life and vitality to your baptism. Brothers and sisters in Christ, celebrate your baptism. Rejoice in it. Give thanks to God that you are baptized. Not just on your baptismal birthday, but every day. Remember what, what God did in your baptism and continues to do. He joined you to Jesus forever. He made you his own dear child, and he gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Dear friends, by his baptism in the Jordan, by his death on the cross, and by his glorious resurrection from the dead, Christ our Lord has opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Because of what Jesus began at his baptism and then carried to completion, heaven truly now is open and it stands wide open for you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless.